0: here we go today i said i was going to talk about the gap in the game and i'm gonna and that comes from um dan sullivan guy from a a organization called strategic coach which a lot of people in our world never heard of him he's really big in the uh high-end uh entrepreneur world because you know um that and a guy named dr benjamin hardy a I want to say social psychology, organizational psychology. He has a PhD in that. And they talk about the gap and the gain. So what I'm going to talk about, I'll kind of, kind of go into that. But basically, the, the name of this talk is Burn the Boats. Burn the Boats. What I learned from working with people with the, that who overcome addictions and successfully lose weight and cape it off for, for almost 40 years, you know, what's the difference between the people that succeed and those that don't? Right. And to me, a little it has to do with what I would call the gap in the game. So why do some people succeed and others don't? That, that's that's the magic question. You know, in the recovery side, let's say from alcohol and drugs, let's say they go through a treatment program and whatever kind of treatment, you know, most treatment programs, probably 95 percent in this country are 12 step based. You know, they dry you out. They they, they get your health back a little bit. You do some therapy, whatever kind of therapy they're doing at that, that place. It's a lot of uh, lay therapy, you know, out, people in recovery that become counselors and some more clinical, and then uh, uh, a lot of psychoeducational stuff. And, and then they go to a lot of 12-step meetings. So let's say someone went through treatment and then they get out and they do everything they're supposed to do, or they just start going to AA or NA meetings and they're doing everything they're supposed to do. They're following the steps, right? And yet, they don't succeed, right? They relapse, they keep going back out. It's the cycle. It's the same as all of us can say with weight loss clients, you know, they they go into a hypnosis program, you know, maybe they join, well, it's closing now, Jenny Craig or Nutrisystem, Weight Watchers, one of those, right? And it works for a while, but it doesn't work long-term, you know? I know now the big craze is that Ozempic or whatever that drug is that they're pushing, but it's like, well, there's no long-term ter- long metrics to see what the success rate is, you know, and will you be on that drug the rest of your life, you know, and what is that drug going to do if you're healthy and your pancreas is working so your A1C is fine, so if you start taking this, is it is it going to have any negative effect? you know? People go, yeah, but it's been tested. I go, yes, but many of us just open up all the massive lawsuits that are going on, drugs that were totally safe, you know? Celebrex was for arthritis. You know, VA gave it to me. I started taking it. It worked, you know. Then, oh, by the way, it causes stomach cancer, you know, in a in a percentage. And they take it off the market. So anyway, what's, so why do some succeed and, and others not? That's the magic question. You know, what's the driver? And, I, and I've been doing this for a long time. So I'm tell you about my friend, a guy I know, I'll call him Joe. You know, he, he couldn't seem to sober up. Right? Joe was a good guy, couldn't seem sober. Well, a lot of people with addiction issues, it seems like they're great people when they're not drinking or drugging or gambling or, or whatever their addiction is. When they're not in the act of addiction, they're generally great people, you know. Um, so, you know, he he tried to do everything right, but he would stay sober a little while and then relapse, stay sober a little while. His drug of choice was alcohol, you know, and so it was kind of interesting, right. But then what happened was, after much prodding, uh, you know, he went to some seminars that weren't just 12-step based, uh, and actually it was a therapist that got him to start doing this. And it was more seminars along the way of what it, it self-image, how you think, what data are you putting into your head, you know, what what information are you da- letting being downloaded into your mind, right? And so, you know, it's about how you think, not just what you think, you know. So he got some recordings. This goes back a while, this one, right? So they were they were cassette tapes. Some of us can remember those, right? And so he started listening to these cassette tapes over and over again, right? Because he figured, well, you know, if I've got, I think he was in his 40s at that time. If I've got 40 years of programming, it's not going to be fixed with, you know, one, one quick afternoon of listening to, something or, or doing that so he did it like hours upon hours and upon hours right and what happened was his thinking started to shift a little bit and he was still going to the 12-step world right uh, which has some of that right and the, and one of the great things that the 12-step world says you know uh, all change starts with truth and the toughest truth is self-truth you have to realize whatever you've done up to this point has not worked Or you would not be sitting in an AA or an NA or an OA or GA, all the A meetings, right? You wouldn't be, if what you were doing work, you wouldn't be here. So you need to be honest with right? And so he did something that was different from other people that weren't making it. And like he did before, is he started investing, you know, in his recovery. And you can invest basically two things, right? You can invest your money. A lot of people, a, a financial investment gets you motivated. Will you follow through? But I would say the biggest thing he did was the financial investment. He started going to seminars, started taking workshops, right? In that kind of thinking, got into the new age kind of thinking. Um, but he uh, he gave the mo- he invested the most valuable resource we all have, which was his time. Right? You can invest a thousand dollars in a training. You, even if you're broke, you you, you you may be able to make more money, right? But if you start giving time out of your life, you know, and to flip that back to like people that recover from drug or alcohol, they give the investment of their time, whether it's going to therapy, whether it's going to the 12-step program, whatever it is, they're not just investing money necessarily, they're investing their time. And when you do both, I think that locks in a different level of commitment, right? That's why also you always see like gyms love, you know, if you're coming in to join a gym there, you're probably motivated at that moment. Like first couple weeks in January, you know, um, first few weeks in April, when, you know, summer's coming, people are motivated, you know, got to go, you know, overcome 40 years of bad eating so I can get a summer body or something. like that. You know, I'm going to do that before summer. But anyway, the gyms kind of know. Uh, they'll give you their sales pitch. And a lot of the gyms, um, they'll give you a big discount, like if you prepay for the year. So let's say $600 for the gym for the year. If you prepaid, you know, Billy, it's only 300 bucks. Why don't you prepay? That'll be really commitment, right? And one of the reasons they do that, to be honest with you, is they know, you know, 60% of the people will not be working out in a few weeks, right? They're willing to invest their money, but are they willing to invest their time? And so, but this guy started to change because he really was investing both. And you know, he was going to the seminars. He was going to the to the thing, and he noticed he started to change how he saw himself. It was magical. Right? That's the true magic. And and this is why this kind of stuff started me on this mission, right? And he kind of, it made me start thinking about when I look around like like a 12-step world, right? Or even some of my clients in the weight loss world, I had my clinics going. You know, what's the difference those that like would drop the weight and keep it on? Same as like the addiction, right? So I'm going to tell you about a a friend of mine, Betty. Everybody's a friend of mine. She happened to be a client, right? Uh, And she was 50 pounds overweight. Right? And she got she got fat after the age of forty, right? And so after talking to her, we you know she was working on it, and you know found out she'd been through Overeaters Anonymous and um, whatever, you know, um, G- Jenny Craig, System, you know the meals in a box, all that, and it would work for a while, right? And I'm sitting there talking to her and I was still thinking about like Joe and all this other stuff, right? And I'm saying like, so what's different now? Why don't you just go, this, I talk to clients in my office, you know, hey, if this worked for you before, Carla, why don't you just go back to Jenny Craig or System or whatever, I mean, it works, right? What, you know, why are you here? What's going to be different? And she kind of said, well, you know, I, I've kind of figured out that I've never gone All in on changing who I am. No. And I'm sitting there going, I go, have you ever heard of um, Cortez? You know, when he landed in the New World, they burned the boats because he didn't want his men thinking, you're going to, we can get back on the boats and go back. I don't know if it was Spain or Portugal, wherever it was, Billy would know, Italy, whichever, whichever place it was, right? But they burned the boats, right? There's no option. And I said, well, that's interesting, you know, and, and so we're talking. And she said, well, you know, but part of the problem was, you know, she grew up listening to the fact that all women in our family get fat as they get older. It's just in our genes. Right. It's just in our genes. And she goes, you know, she had that probably from earliest memories that she had. And so, you know. So she, of course, she invested in, in the program, which was good that we that I was doing. I always appreciate that. Uh, but it was like, you know, you're going to come here once a week for this. We're going to do this. You're going to do this. And to me, your, your investment and in your time is more than the money, right? And she goes, yeah, she still got shit in her freezer from one of those package programs, right? That they ship to you, but then you put it away and you never use, right? It's what can happen, right? And she goes, I'm finally ready. Um, to make these changes, right, that, and she used the term, I've hit a point of no return. If I don't change, I know what my future is. I'm going to be like, you know, everyone else, you know, or I burn the boats, as I, I would say, and I'm going on a different trajectory, but once you've crossed, there's a point of no return. So then I started thinking about that. And then when I, I went back and talked to Joe, right? And I, I was talking to him, kind of explained that little concept. He goes, yeah, something snapped the last relapse he had, right? Where it was like, I have, I'm have, i willing to do whatever I have to do to change, right? And then you could do the whole pro and con thing. You know, if you really quit drinking and quit drugging or, or change your diet, there's a lot of, you know, we'll focus on the pros. You'll be healthier. You'll be this. You'll be that. But are there some negatives? You know, to be honest, yeah, there's some negatives. You know, if you really, if you start eating clean all the time, you know, you may lose friends and family over that. You know, they'll make they'll make fun of you for whatever it happens to be. And, you know, in his case, his, his family was big in drinking and, and that. And he goes, I knew I my relationship with 90% of my family would change. And I didn't care, including if I had to just set it, it, it burn the bridge. It's like, you know, there's no going back. Right. And he goes, I. that's when my mind was ready for the new ideas. You know, as Oliver Wendell Holmes said, and I'm going to screw the quote up, but a mind stretched by a new idea can never go back to the, its original shape. It's going to be different. You get different attitudes. You get this. Right. And, and I think that leads into something where, you know, where are we're, and Miss Betty, you know, she's sitting there and she goes, you know, I started to realize then when I looked at my past, my past wasn't controlling my future. You know, my past, my, the way I look at it, I was letting my past control my future. When I looked at it differently, you know, and in this train of thought that your present creates your past. Right. Have you ever gotten a bit of information that you just went and everything you thought before changed? Maybe you found something out about your parents or some fact or figure. And then once you got that information, how you view the past changed. Right? Right. Because as Einstein said, you know, time is relative, things are changing. You know, sometimes it's fast, sometimes it's slow. But if you're letting your, you know, if you're letting your past control your present, you're gonna do what you did in your past. You have to create a new future. Our brains are good at accessing the past and all the pains and hurts and uh, times you've been screwed over, you know, all that. Your brain is good at that. Some of us were raised with that type of information, right? How to access the past, how to use the past to justify whatever you're doing in the now. Well, you know, I have to do this because of that. And like the, the thing they say in the addiction world about the identical twins, with the uh, alcoholic father, uh, mother passed away. Raised by the alcoholic father, and I. It's supposedly based in true story. As uh, Zig Ziglar would say, if it's a true story, great. If not, it's still a great story. Um, where and then they were separated. You know, when the father got incarcerated due to his alcohol and drug stuff, and they went separate ways. And then when they interviewed the the, the twins, identical twins, later. You know, one has been in and out of jail, substance abuse issues doing this. And of course, his attitude was, of course, I'm this way. When you look at my past, how could I be any different? And the other brother, same circumstances, right? Said, you know, who was sober, who who just never played with drugs or alcohol, had a different attitude, healthy relationship, whatever it was, a career. And he goes, well, of course, I'm this way, because I wasn't going to repeat the past. I wanted to create a new future. Right. So the one brother was stuck in looking at the past to justify here, which we can all do. Right. And the other brother must have been looking at the future, creating a future self, looking back on today. Right. And we've all had this because what begins to happen is our brains. Most of us will default our future thinking our, we're we're going to be the same person five years from now that we are today. Right, we're going to be pretty much the same person. And some people will. There are people that God knows. I'm in Florida. I see a whole bunch of them changed. You know, they're not changed. But generally, if you're really if you're a growth oriented person, it's kind of hard to imagine the person you're going to be in a few years. Right, that takes some conscious effort because your brain's not set up that way. It's going to keep looking to the past. Right, and especially our culture kind of does that. Right, and then. My friend Betty kind of said, too, as we were sitting there, she goes, and I'm really here. The reason I'm here, I heard hypnosis helps with this. And I know changing short term, a 30-day diet, a 60-day diet, even change. I'm going to eat healthy for six months, whatever it is, isn't going to work for me. You know, I've been thinking, what's going to happen if I eat healthy for the rest of my life? And she goes, once I started thinking about if I eat healthy the rest of my life, what's my future? She goes, I'm going to be the 80-year-old that can play with her grandkids, you know, that is still social and can go out and do things because, you know, my knees and my back aren't bad because, you know, I'm 100 pounds overweight. And so she's like, so I started looking from the future. That's the person I want to be, you know. And is it worth giving up some stuff from my past, you know. And she was really ready to commit to that, you know. Uh she, she, you know, and especially the energy and the stuff. So she went all. That's why she was there. She was all in a hundred percent, right? Basically, it took away choice, right? When you go in a hundred percent, and most people never fully commit to any idea, right? You'll commit ninety percent, but what that means is you have that you have that wiggle room, right? Right. So you're what what it leads to you know, as uh, Dr. Ashley and Mr. Billy would say, it's called decision fatigue. You have to keep making that decision. Am I going to eat healthy today? Am I not going to drink today? Right, which is kind of a flip on the 12-step program where you only have one day, but the fact that, you know, you have to make this decision every day and you sort of do, but what if there's no decision? This is just who I am. You know, I don't drink under any and all circumstances. You know, there's no reason for me to have a drink of alcohol. You know, it doesn't make anything better. I won a major award that weekend. Somebody says, hey, let me buy you a, you know, a, a cocktail. I said, yeah, if you bought me a cocktail, fucking set this award on fire because by <laughs> by the time this conference is over, nobody will be talking to me. Um, I have a history in that area, right? And again, I don't go to the past. I was creating a new future. But again, so it's about having you know, taking away that decision in the situation, because most of us are driven by the situations that we're in, you know, and again, my friend Joe started saying this way. I look back and thought about, you know, on the 12-step program, they, both Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, Gamblers Anonymous, uh, will say the same thing. You need your playmates and play pets. You know, you don't go to a bar and drink Coca-Cola. You don't go to the to the ODB, the off-track betting to just hang out with your buddies, right? No. You don't go to the whatever it is. So you need new playground, new playmates. Because that's a different situation. Because especially while you're setting these situations in your head or these the making the new decision on who you want to be, um you need to be in the situations will nurture that. Again, I was at that, I go to conferences. Why do I like to go to conferences? Because then you're around people that have the like mindset, the situation where you can talk about hypnosis and this and that. I like to take professional acting classes where they talk about, you know, it's not out of the ordinary, right? And once you really make a decision, you don't have to think about it again if it's a true decision. Michael Jordan, one of his quotes is, you know, once he truly makes a decision, he never thinks about it again he made the decision in high school, he was going to shoot 500 shots a day, come hell or high water, game day, not day, sick, you know, whatever it was. And people that followed his career. He really did. You know? Including, you know, when they're in the playoffs and, you know, he's out there doing his shots, you know, a few hours before the game. Right? Because it wasn't a decision. Right? Because, again, when you go for something short term, 30, 60, 90 days, you know, and that's what happens, again, with food. And alcohol drugs, you know, I'm gonna uh just quit for a little while. Okay, and then you're gonna go back, you know. So it takes away that decision. And it helps once you really make it, you go to that future looking back on who you are today, going, Well, that stuff in the past, that's not who I am anymore. Right. Okay. And you know and so when it comes from the and the other thing that both Joe and Betty kind of said, um, which was kind of interesting, was they started to look at one thing differently with that. So they changed their identity, they were changing. They made the decision to go all in, right? You know, the only way I'm leaving here is in a body bag, you're not getting me to quit. You know, let's let's go all in, right? But again, I think that's very scary because then if it's if it doesn't work you don't have that well you know if i really would have tried i could have done it. i hear people say that right? right did you really go all in and what have you gone all in before i was telling this in another talk once i'm bringing it back and i'm tweaking it up with more more info but the guy a guy said yeah you know i'm right at him you know that when he was finally really ready to get into a monogamous relationship, he was able to get rid of all the old phone numbers. You know, before I'd always keep them, you know, not handy when maybe not, well, I don't know, this was years ago tour. not on my phone, but he goes, when I was really ready and, and I made that decision, I got rid of those phone numbers because I couldn't go back. You know, it committed me to that thing. You know, so, and so what they also did kind of ironically was, you know, wherever you are now, you wanna make a change, right? Wherever you are now, and let's say you're like the lady or someone that wants to lose weight, right? Okay, where you are now, if there's one of two ways that you can sabotage this, of course, not going all in doing those other things, short-term thinking, not changing your identity. But the other way is judging how you're doing by an expert, right? Or, you know, by somebody that's been in some kind of, they've lost a hundred pounds. So you start judging yourself by them. Say you want to start a, a, you want to change your marketing, something I'm working on, right? And like do more internet-like stuff. Well, where I'm at now, I don't want to judge myself by somebody that's an expert at that because that sets up a huge gap, right? Almost, you know, you know, Grand Canyon gap. How am I going to get there? You can't see it, right? But what the more healthy thing is, is to judge yourself by the small gains that you're making daily, right? Judging yourself by your progress, not someone else's, right? So how are you doing? You know, hey, I, you know, it's been seven days. I haven't had any ice cream. That's a gap. That's a gain, you know, rather than, you know, whatever it is. So you don't, it, it, it sets you up um, to give you confidence. When you start doing this and you and you start acknowledging your small gains, you develop confidence. Confidence is a byproduct of action, not people want to be confident before they take the action, but the way you get true confidence is by taking action, realizing you can do it. Then that gives you the confidence to go forward. You know why do they spend so much time training high performance athletes, military and that you know to have so much confidence? Well, the confidence comes from their training, right? They've seen these situations, they've done it. Maybe in there, maybe more, you know, um in a training scenario, but they've done this, you know, they've had live fire exercises, they've cleared rooms, they've done this, they've played the big football game or basketball And so, you know, so you're judging yourself by this, you're making those small gains, which gives you the confidence that when you're facing an unknown situation, I can handle it. You know. I've been sober five years. I could go to this wedding. It wouldn't be a big deal, you know? But if I'm, you know, might not have been able to do that till you get some small wins under your belt. And so again, uh, I love that, that uh, confidence is a byproduct of action, not the other way around. You know, because we there's a, even though I teach classes on confidence, but the ones I try to teach is the idea of, What actions do you have that you've done that will give you confidence in new areas? Um, It's kind of funny. I'll close with this for for a lot of my groups. It's like um, sometimes you'll hear a stage hypnotist, person that hypnotizes stage, not have the confidence to sit one-on-one. Right. Even though they hypnotized like tens of thousands of people, but it's a group, it's a numbers game. You don't like it. I just kick you off the freaking stage. You know, but what if somebody comes to my office now I got to do this. Right. But on the flip side, I've worked with a lot of people that are very good one-on-one and now they want to do stage and they're like, ah, I can't do it. That's so much, you know, it's like, but if you've hypnotized a thousand people, now we're just going to speed up the metrics of the number that you're going to do it with. Right. So it's kind of interesting, right? And so it depends what you, you know, what you want. So, you know, start measuring yourself by your gains. Go 100%, you know, are you willing to go 100% in? Invest your money, which is good. But I also think time. And for a lot of us, one of these is more important than the other. Because I'm pretty sure how many of us have spent money on courses that is still in your download file. You haven't done the... You're not gonna do it yet, right? So then the thing more important to you is your time. You know, are you willing to you know get up early and maybe take 30 minutes to listen to some whatever whatever it is you're trying to change, right? For other people, it's the money. If they really invest the money, right, then they're gonna take it more serious. I think it's a combination. At least at least I can view this through my model of the world. To me, it's a combination. Right, so that's you know a little bit on the gap in the game you know why sh- short term things don't seem to work what seems to be the difference between people that go that get success in two of the areas that I'm quite familiar with addictions and also throwing that over into weight loss where most people aren't right so anyway that's just my little talk for today. So let me stop the recording. Well, I hope you like this on the gap and the gain and how to go 100% all in. What are you willing to commit to? And always my last warning is you only have so much mental energy, so much psychological energy, I think. You can't go 100% in on everything or you'll just... I, you're gonna just explode, and is it that important? To you? What is it you want to be committed to? You no, know? if you want six-pack abs, there's certain things. If you want that, there's certain, you know. As I'm, I'm at ninety something percent. I need to jump the rest of the way, right, right? Because that, but it's like, so what do you want, right? And then <clears throat> just, you know, it's like I've heard said those with people that um, doctor uh, Dan. Sullivan, the guy with the strategic coach says, if you have much, if you have more than three goals, you have no goals. You can't accomplish some, what are your true goals, right? And not to be confused with your to-do list and that, but, you know, and he he reframes it. If you get three things done moving toward a long-term objective, most people don't do that. I mean, yeah, you got to feed the kids or in our case, feed the pets and do this. We got lives. But what are three? You know, so what are your goals? So pick those goals you want to commit to. Yeah, and if you have any questions about this, go to drwillhorton.com. Also, it's same site hortonpsychology.com. I have courses, seminars, workshops, and um, kind of funny. A couple people asked me at this conference. You know, uh, they wished. What did one person say? They wished I still saw clients. And I'm like, who told you I didn't see clients? And they go, well, we, they just assume. No, no, I see clients. So yes, I do see clients. I'm very selective on the clients I see. I want to make sure they're pretty committed uh, as opposed to being ready to be committed. That's a different kind of clientele. That, you know, I don't work in that field. Um, so anyway, have some fun with this. If you have any questions, reach out at drwillhorton.com and uh, let me know what's going on. And I'll, wherever you see this video, make sure you give a thumbs up subscribe, whether wherever it happened to see it, and uh, keep in touch.